Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. You know, in a previous episode, we talked about equality and how each of us have different skills that can be used in different ways. And one of the takeaways from that episode was that being different isn't a bad thing, like we're kind of often told. However, I kind of wanted to talk about another kind of inequality that happens, and that's um, kind of a bigger question of why are some people rich when some people are poor? So there's a term for this, right? I hear it a lot. It's uh, income inequality, yep. right? Some, some, As you point out, some people make a lot of money. Some people don't make very much. Sometimes we hear about it uh, where like men, uh, a lot of people think men make yep. more than women for the same type of roles. Um, and so income and inequality. So kind of shooting from the hip, yeah, you might say it seems unfair that some people can make more than others. But um, I, I like the idea that um, I think it's Elon Musk who we've talked about. Uh, I think he tweeted this once, but other people have said it too, where you're often compensated uh, in proportion with the size of the problems you solve. Ooh, I like right? that. Yeah. So if you're an entrepreneur solving really big problems or solving a little problem for a lot of people, you're going to get compensated very well. Whereas if you're just flipping burgers at McDonald's, right, anyone can do that. And now robots can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so maybe you're not going to make as much money at all. But is that kind of a a satisfactory answer or is there something bigger when we talk about income inequality? I think there's something bigger because I can even see somebody having some problems with what you just said. Maybe somebody would say, well, the person flipping burgers, we can't live without food. Maybe we need the person flipping burgers more than we need the person, you know, coming up with the robots who are going to take the jobs of flipping burgers. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people get confused and they start seeing this as as saying that somebody should make more than other people, maybe saying that somebody's worth less than somebody else. And obviously we're not talking about their value as an individual. We were talking about, like you said, are they solving a big problem? It's it's not so much their value as a person, like their personal worth, as much as their... um, their economic value, right? Like if, if they're doing a lot, like if they're uh, an economist, let's just use that <laughs> as an example, and you're doing really complicated equations or you're helping a, a business figure out how to make really smart business decisions, where to invest their money, things like that, you're kind of an expert. And so you're going to get paid a lot because you're hard to replace. Whereas if you you know are just kind of washing cars at the local you know car wash, and you know, 80 teenagers apply every year and they hire 10, well, there's a lot of demand for those jobs. And you know what? It's not really hard to train for it. And so if we don't like you, then we'll just fire you and find someone else. The, the, the skills that those people have acquired um, are not very high, which is why when you just start out in life, when you just start working for jobs, you're not going to be paid very much, right? Because you haven't developed those skills. Your, your economic value to others, whether... We're talking about your employer, like your boss, or uh, if you're just an entrepreneur, your value to your clients and your customers probably isn't that big yet. So it takes a little bit of time to get there. Yeah, um, I think that. And there's also the question of uh, what we should do to even correct this, right? So we know that some people make more, some people make less. And I think a lot of people's argument would be, well, shouldn't we have more government? Maybe we need more government to come in and kind of make people equal. So what do you think about that? Do you think that's that's a solution to the problem? I, I remember reading a number of years ago, Brittany, you've probably read it, the book Animal Farm by I never, George I Orwell. I have never read that one. Okay, Brittany, you have homework to do now. <laughs> uh, in Animal Farm, there's this quote that goes something to the effect of, 
uh, some animals are more equal than others because the idea was on this farm, right? There were certain animals saying we should all be equal and, and be treated equally and so forth. Um, but then there was an inequality because some animals uh, in power liked to kind of have more uh, benefits and more power, of course. And so um, some, some, even though they all had equality and we're all equal, some animals are more equal than others. And, and that's kind of a silly saying because you can't be more equal yeah. than someone else. You're either equal or you're not. But it gets to, I think, your question, Brittany, where uh, it, it's, a, it's a good point to make. There's inequality. Some people make more than others. And it's not to say that the, the market is perfect. It's not to say that if you solve big problems, you'll be paid a lot. Some people who like uh, like Tesla, for example, had all these crazy inventions and 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 did some really amazing things to benefit humanity, but you know uh, did not, not end up with the fame and fortune that you might deserve if you, uh, even though Elon Musk named his company after him. <laughs> um, there are some people who solve big problems who aren't necessarily you know paid a lot, and there are some people who, for one reason or another, don't have the greatest of skills, but they might land a really cush job that pays them a lot of money. So it's not that the market's totally perfect and that. Uh, everything is consistent. It's not because what's the market, Brittany? You know, it's just a bunch of people, just right? A bunch it's of people, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, and some people make decisions for weird reasons and silly reasons and stupid reasons. Um, but as a as a general rule, I think that is true. That if you're solving big problems, if you're serving a lot of people, uh, then then they will want to pay you. But then if we get the government involved. Um, then there's all sorts of problems that are introduced because some animals are more equal than others. What that, what I mean by sharing that is you always have corruption. You always, when you put a bureaucrat or a government employee in charge of deciding how money should be spent or who's going to get, you know, more money or, you know, Hey, we have these government grants who wants them. Well, I'm going to give them first to my buddies, right. And, and, or people I agree with politically. And then if there's leftover, I'll give out to other people. You get those ki kinds of issues when, uh, there are people in power who get to make those decisions. And so I don't know that the government is even able Brittany to create or enforce equality because, it's just going to have a different kind of inequality and one that they prefer rather than one that's more like naturally occurring just from people making their own decisions. I think you're right. I think also, too, a lot of their policies um, actually kind of keep people trapped in poverty. I think it's almost one step worse. Not only can they not solve the problem, but they're actually making it worse. So that, that's an interesting point. Let, let's maybe share. Can you share an example of that? How can the government you know, make things worse for people who are poor? And we've talked about this before, uh, with occupational licensing. We haven't talked about it from this angle, but we've talked about the word occupational licensing. And that's where essentially before you can start earning money, there's a lot of um, occupations where you have to pay the government to get a permission slip. Now, if I am somebody who comes from maybe a poor, a poor neighborhood, a poor background, and I really want to start making money, and let's say I want to be a barber, um, and I go to barber school, and I, I save, and I spend all my money on just getting through school. Well, now, before I can even be a barber and start cutting hair and making money, I have to pay a lot to get just this permission slip. So what you're telling somebody to do is we're, you're saying you can't even go to work until you pay money. But how are you going to pay money if you don't have a job to pay the money for the license? So a lot of these situations, we're, we're forcing people out of work. We're not even letting them work. And all, all in the name of protecting everybody or making sure that we have, you know, a certain amount of professionalism, but it's actually keeping people trapped in poverty. I, uh, this is such an important thing to talk about. I am aware of several stories, Brittany, uh, kind of like you're sharing. I, I remember one, uh, he was a, a refugee 
from a South American country where the government was um, causing a lot of problems. So he had to leave his country, his home, his family, uh, was able to come to America. And uh, he was a doctor, a very smart individual, very talented, very successful. However, he wasn't able to be a doctor in America, even though uh, the body is no different between an American and a, I can't remember if he was from Venezuela or Ecuador or something, but uh, you know, human bodies aren't any different, right? Uh, he was very successful. He never had any, you know, problems in his past career or anything, but the rules in his state and probably nearly every state, if not every state, uh, do not allow for doctors from other countries to start practicing medicine here in America, the, the supposed land of the free. You have to, you know, go get your uh, license, your permission slip here. You have to go through you know, the motions, you have to go to school, you have to, you know, pass certain tests and credential, get your credentials. So uh, he, he um, I'm trying to remember what profession he landed. I think he ended up becoming like a landscaper or something. Wow. Um, here, this highly trained, very intelligent individual couldn't work in the career that he loved because he made, you know, the decision for his own safety and, and so forth to come here. But that was just crazy. Another one that I'm aware of um, is, uh, this individual who was a um, a physicist, he was a scientist. Uh, he had practiced uh, physics his whole career. He wanted in his retirement to you know earn some money and uh, pay the bills. He wanted to teach at the local school. He wanted to be like a, a physics teacher. Like a high uh, it was, I think, it was a high school. Okay. And um, it was either a middle school or a high school. And so he wanted, and he thought, you know, I mean, I'm a competent individual. Of course, I can, te I can teach physics in my sleep, like physics 101, basic physics, right? Um, he wasn't allowed to because he didn't have the proper teacher credentials and license. He, he didn't go through the same process that other, other people do to learn how to teach. And here's a physicist who knows physics and he wasn't allowed to. Just so, because he didn't have the teaching license, right? Right, right. <laughs> and so you're right to point this out, that especially if you are poor, uh, if your circumstances are you know creating a challenge for you, when you have these barriers that the government puts in place, uh, that's harder to work. I'll, I'll share one final one. This is one um, that there have been similar stories across the country, but here in our state, there's this woman named uh, Justina Clayton, and uh, she was from Sierra Leone in Africa, a black woman, and had several kids. Well, she came to America, and uh, she had been braiding hair, like African hair braiding, if you can kind of visualize that, uh, taming a, you know her, one of her daughters froze into a mm -hmm. cute little braided uh, hairdo. She'd been doing this for literally decades. And she lived in a neighborhood that was predominantly white. Um, however, there were a number of families who had adopted black babies from different parts of the world uh, over the years. And so she started to say, well, you know what? I could be my own little entrepreneur. I know how to braid hair really well. These you know white moms don't really know how to deal with black hair. And so I can offer my services and help them. Again, entrepreneurship is service. She was solving a problem for other people. So she started doing it. And of course, these moms uh, in the neighborhood loved it, right? Because she was uh, they were getting helped by Justina. Well, then the government found out that she was doing this. Someone ratted on her to the government. And the government came to her and said, you're not allowed to do that because you don't have what's called a cosmetology license, basically like doing hair and stuff. And they said, you have to get a license, which means you have to go at the time it was 2000 hours wow. of school. 
And, you know, she's a mom. She doesn't have the money. She's an immigrant. She doesn't have the money to go to school. So number one, that's a problem. Uh, but number two, what was crazy is a couple of things, Brittany. One is all the all the kids going to school uh, to these cosmetology schools. They were like, you know, 18, 19, 20 kind of age. Justina had been braiding hair without problems longer than any of these kids in cosmetology school had even been alive, <laughs> right? And so, like, here's this person who knew how to do it safety. Um, and and the second point is these cosmetology schools did not even teach African hair braiding. And so the government was saying, you have to get a cosmetology license. For except, no real reason. That's ridiculous. Right. And the schools were only teaching like, you know, basic safety and how to do hair that isn't black and isn't hair braiding. Um, and so it was silly for the government to come there and say, nope, you're not allowed to do that. And if you do it, we're going to punish you uh, because you don't have the proper permission slip. And so you can see how an immigrant like a, or think of food trucks, right? A lot of immigrant poor type families will do micro, uh, what are called like micro enterprises, like very small businesses. And food trucks are a great example. Oh, yeah. You don't need a whole lot of money to start a food truck. And you can get a small loan, maybe from your friends and family or the bank to get started. Um, and yet around the, the country, food trucks um, are very heavily regulated and it's often hard to have a business. And so the government, you think a lot, we, we often grow up, right? Thinking that the government's here to help. And, you know, if you're in need, well, the government, sure, will give you a handout, right? They'll, they'll say, oh, here's your welfare, you know, so that you can just sit there and do nothing, whatever. But when you're wanting to be like an entrepreneur, when you're wanting to do something, the government is actually putting barriers in the way for poor people to actually be able to make more money and grow their wealth and, and no longer become poor. It's very frustrating. Well, and you brought up a good word. Uh, you talked about kind of incentives. And I think we've talked about this on our show before. But uh, with unemployment, things like this, we saw that happen during COVID where they were giving people even more unemployment. And what happens when you pay somebody almost not to work? They're not working, right? So right. not only are these license laws, licensing laws standing in the way, but then if somebody decides that they're too hard, maybe they don't want to go through all the government hoops, then they can actually choose if they you know, fit all the criteria to sit home and almost be paid not to work. So our whole system seems to be a little bit broken. It uh, definitely is in need of a lot of correction. And, and fortunately, even despite these challenges, even despite these barriers and the problems that the government introduces, it's still possible, right, for people to excel, to work hard, to to navigate around those barriers, to figure out a way. Maybe you got to move to a different state that has, you know, less rules about something or whatever. For people who want to apply themselves, the so-called American dream is very much still possible uh, but I think the important lesson here is not that poor people are always going to be poor or rich people all just kind of have had the benefit because they grew up rich. Therefore, they're going to be rich. Really, it's about how or what problems are you solving? How hard are you working? You know, are you going to try and, and provide a lot of value to other people, serve a lot of people? Whatever your background is, if your family was poor growing up, you didn't have a lot of money or whatever. Uh, the, the amazing thing about the free market is if you want to work hard and really excel, you're going to be able to thrive. So fun lesson, good conversation. Brittany, thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode. See you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.